Good morning again. Well, uh, what a fun morning hearing about what happened this week at VBS. And I want to say a special thank you to those of you who served in VBS. There were many people who put in a lot of hours to make that happen. So thank you so much for everyone who did that. And thank you to everyone who participated, whether you brought children or whether um, you were just helping out or just observing what was happening. Thank you so much for participating with us. We, we truly did have a great week. My role was more of a floater, just kind of going around, seeing what I could do, where I could help in as needed. And I saw a lot of fun happening in all the different classes and with the different games that they were doing. There was wonderful crafts they were working on together. And of course, you heard the songs that they were singing. But throughout Vacation Bible School, our goal, those of us here representing the church, our goal was to share truth and to share the truth of Jesus Christ. Because we believe there is such a thing as absolute truth. And that it is truth that you can seek after and that you can know. In fact, all week long, we encourage the kids to seek truth and find Jesus. And the verse they all memorized was that one that we just read, that Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. What was really cool this year is I like how the verse fit right in. It was the chorus of the main theme song. And so just one listen to that, and you've memorized that verse. And so the kids heard it throughout the week. But in hearing it so much, we need to remember the truth that's there. It says that you can seek God, and you can find Him. Whether you're here in this room, or whether your kids were here this week, or maybe even if you're watching, that's true for you as well. You can seek God, and you can find Him. If you'll give me about 15, 20 minutes, I'll I'll talk to you from God's word about how we can know that that's true. Now that verse was Jeremiah 29, 13. Now when I read scripture, I think it's really helpful to read what comes before and what comes after so we can see the context about what this exactly is saying. So if you're not already there, I'd encourage you to turn in scripture or bring it up on your phone, go to Jeremiah 29. We're going to be looking at verses 10 through 14. So it's that big 29, the little 10 through 14. 14. If you want to use that blue Bible that's in the seat back in front of you, you should find it on page 780. Now once you're there, something we often do is when we are hearing from God's word, we often stand to honor God's word because it's God communicating with us. The perfect God of the universe who loves us is communicating to us. And so we stand out of respect for that. So if you're there, I encourage you, if you're able to please stand. And I'm going to read our passage for today, Jeremiah 29 verses 10 through 14. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Verse 10 says this, For thus says the Lord, When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek or search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Let's pray. 
God, thank you for this wonderful week at VBS. and Thank you for the truth that is behind it, that we can seek you and we can find you. I pray in this time together we will see you clearly, see how we can know you through your Son, Jesus Christ. May he increase, may we see him more and more. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. You may be seated. A little quick background so we can understand what's happening here. The part we're reading today is God speaking to his people. His people, the Israelites, were a special people that he had a unique relationship with. They were a people that God chose to reveal himself to, to show who he was and what he was like, so that all people could understand who he is. God is perfect, and he wanted a perfect relationship with these people. But there was a problem. Instead of this perfect relationship, they chose to disobey God. They saw, God, you say this, but we want to go our own way. They rebelled, or we call it sin. They chose their own way. They did not trust God's best for them. And so God allowed them to be conquered by an enemy nation. Another nation came in and took them away from their homeland, took them to exile in Babylon. And while they are there in exile, one of God's prophets, his speakers, his representatives, a man named Jeremiah, wrote a letter to them. Now this book of Jeremiah is a lot of things that God said through Jeremiah, but chapter 29 is the particular letter that he is writing to the people who are in Babylon. And in that letter, he has a message for them. That message is, we can seek God. He says, you can seek God. As he says in verse 10 that we looked at, he says, after 70 years, God promises he will visit His people, he will come to them and he will bring them back to the promised land. And you know what? God kept that word and that promise. Jeremiah is writing this toward the beginning of their time there. But for those who have been here at the church, we just finished going through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And those books were about God's people coming back to the promised land. God kept his word to them. And God says he will do this in verse 11 because he knows the plans he has for them. He has plans for welfare or peace. The Hebrew word is shalom. He has peace for his people, not plans for evil or calamity. He wants to give them a future and a hope. He has a future for his people. He wants to give them a new hope, something they can cling to even when they're in exile, something they can trust even when things look dark. He doesn't give them all the details. He asks his people, trust me, I am in control. Now this verse, verse 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for welfare, not for evil. That's not a promise that our life's going to be perfect and we'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise all the time. I think we all know enough of the world to know that we've experienced things like pain, suffering, disappointment, and we know those who have died. But in that place of darkness and pain and suffering, God gives a future, a promise of hope. He promises a peaceful future where his justice will reign forever. And God says this will come to his people, verse 12, if you will call upon me, come to me, pray to me. And he promises he will hear and listen to them. He wants to communicate with them. And he will answer them according to his timing and to his ultimate purpose. He knows what we really need and he will answer us. The point is, that verse 13 that you've heard so many times today. We can seek God and find Him when we seek or search for Him with all of our heart and all of our being. 
God had promised this before to his people, and he's saying it again. You can seek me. You can find me. You can know me. Another place that talks about that is in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. Proverbs 8, God says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. This is to be a priority in our life, seeking to know God. And look, there's a lot that we could choose to seek and live for in our life. You could choose to live for money and making as much as you can, or maybe an idea of a comfortable lifestyle. If I just make this much or do this, then I can be set. That's my goal in life. We can even have a noble intention to maybe provide for our our, our family. That is my primary goal and drive. You could choose to live for pleasure. I I like the joy of perhaps eating something or a, a favorite drink or Maybe even something like sex. That is what I live for. That, that is my goal and my desire. You can choose to live for success. I want to be the best at what I choose to be. Whether it's the best parent or the, the best worker, the best salesman, then that, that is our primary goal in life. And none of those things are wrong in and of themselves. And there's, according to God's word, ways that we can enjoy all of those things. But without knowing God, All of that is worthless. Earlier in this book of Jeremiah, this is what God says. He says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. Knowing God having a relationship with him, that is most important. And that's why God tells his people, if you seek me, if you seek God, you will find them. God will let them find their way to him. He said in the very last verse that he would restore them to their land, but more importantly, he would restore them to a right relationship with him. I don't know every detail of your life, but no matter where you've been or what you have done, you can seek God. If you are still breathing here, if you're still watching, able to watch this right now, then you are still alive and it is not too late for you. You can seek God and you can know Him. And as God promised to restore His people and as He did, if you know Him, He will restore you too. So He tells us here that we are to seek God, but Maybe you're of a more skeptical nature and you say, okay, well, I see that he wants me to seek him, but is there any guarantee that anything will happen? Is, is it even worth it? Or will I spend years of searching, checking out this religion and that, trying to find truth? What guarantee is there that I will find something if I seek? Well, again, remember the passage the kids memorized. It was, you can seek me and find me. We're not only told to seek, but God promises that we will find as well. We can find God. How? How can we find God? Well, the best place to probably start is His Word, His communication of truth to us, which is the Bible. And I know it's a big book, but it really is all about God, and especially about the person and work of His Son, Jesus Christ. But let me give you a Cliff Notes version. If you seek him in the Bible, what are you going to find? Well, you'll find some of the things that the kids learned this week. You'll find that Jesus came as God promised. In the Bible, you'll see that Jesus is born. 
in fulfillment of prophets, people looking ahead into the future, Jesus was born to a virgin in the town of Bethlehem. We read in the book of Matthew that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, there were some wise men from the east. They came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose. We have come to worship him. This man Jesus, who is fully God, but also just like us, he was born so that he could live a life like ours and represent us before God. You'll find that in the Bible. You'll also find that Jesus demonstrated God's power. He showed God's power in his life through what he did. This week at BBS, the kids in particular talked about when Jesus healed a man who had been born blind, who had never seen in his entire life, but Jesus healed him. And this man who was born blind, this was his response when Jesus did that. He said, never since the world began, Has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind? If this man were not from God, well, then he can do nothing. This is what you'll find when you read the Bible about Jesus. Many miracles attesting to the same thing. Jesus demonstrates God's power. Those who are lame, he makes able to walk. Some who are dead, he brings back to life. He had miraculous, godly power because he is God. So yes, he's God, but just like us, Jesus also experienced betrayal and rejection. We told the kids the truth that things were not perfect for Jesus and that people he trusted betrayed him and people who should have accepted him rejected him. In John chapter 13, Jesus, uh, just before he's about to die, he's troubled and he tells his closest friends, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And one of his 12 disciples, someone who knew him better than anyone else while he was on earth, named Judas, betrayed him to those who wanted to kill him. And then after he was arrested, they brought him out before all the people and the chief priest and officers of his same faith, of his people, when they saw him, they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And a man who wasn't of his people, the governor said, take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. Jesus was betrayed and he was rejected by the people who should have accepted him. The very people he came to save. They wanted him dead and they got their wish. Jesus was crucified, and he died. But we learn elsewhere in the Bible that by dying for us, he took the penalty and judgment that our sin and rebellion deserved. That's not the end of the story, because then you find out that Jesus not only died, but he rose again, and Jesus is alive. He appeared first to a woman, Mary Magdalene, and some other women, and then to two of his disciples, Peter and John, and then to the rest of them. We read in John 20 that on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked where they were for fear of the Jews and Jewish leaders. Jesus came, he stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus did not stay dead. Instead, he defeated death and now he offers eternal life. And that is good news that we can tell others. The good news is that the Bible is true. Jesus is
who he says he is. The story we shared with the kids was of a believer named Philip. And as Philip was going along, he saw an important official, a chief government official of the Ethiopians, known as a eunuch. And he saw this man reading one of the Old Testament prophecies. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. And Philip engaged him in conversation. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Philip told this man that the Bible is true and that it is about Jesus. Well, look at that. You weren't even at VBS, and now you've got the, the whole lesson and stories there. That's what the kids learned this week. But that's only some of what the Bible tells us about Jesus. If we search with all our heart, We'll find that, but we'll find much more. Let's paraphrase a TV show I grew up with, reading Rainbow. Don't just take my word for it. You can read it for yourself. The message of our Vacation Bible School is the message of the Bible. God wants to know you. Will you seek Him before it is too late? If you genuinely seek after and want to know Him, you will find Him. Scripture says in the book of Isaiah, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Look in his word and you will find Jesus there. And I can help you with that if you'd like. There's people here in the church who can help you, show you, yes, this is what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. But to get started, you don't need me or someone else. You need to open the word, ask God, show me you. Help me to see you in your word. Seek to know him. If you search with all your heart, you will find him in Jesus Christ. Because he died so that you might know God. He calls you to turn away from that sin and to come to know him. And I encourage you, if you have a question about that, please talk to me about it. Say, I I don't understand quite what you're saying there. Well, let's talk about this. Talk about how you can know God. And if you do know him, well then let me ask you now, let's express our thankfulness for what he has done in worship because he is the one who is so worthy.